Amen. Thank you. <laughs> we were having some technical difficulties in the back, so hopefully everything is good now because I am ready to rock and roll. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey, hey. Happy New Year. We made it. 2019. I'm so excited. I'm so, so super excited. However, someone needs to send a text, an email, a mail, something, and let the month of January know what's the rush? Like, seriously, am I the only one? I'm thinking, my goodness, time is just flying, but it's all good. It's all good. I pray it's all good with you all as well. So we are here. We are back. Thank you again, Pastor Chuck, uh, for the invitation. It's a blessing to be here and an honor. Again, my prayer is always that uh, God shows up and shows out, and he always does. So I have no idea. I have my plan, but God has his plan. Hopefully those two will merge and we'll be on the same page tonight. But either way it goes, I pray that as always, first and foremost, your sacrifice and your commitment to be here tonight um, is not, has not gone unseen by God. And so I pray that you leave here better than when you came here tonight. Amen? All right. So again, um, I think most everyone is a returning uh, participant. And so um, if you are here new for the first time, what you'll know about me is I'm a fast talker, number one. I talk very fast. Um, and I have a lot of information to give in a short period of time. So uh, just hang with me because we're going to go on a ride and I think you will enjoy yourselves. Amen. All right, so um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to do a short prayer and let me uh, yield and surrender myself to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you together this evening, and we just want to first off give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, and all the adoration, Lord God, for what you have done and continue to do faithfully in our lives. We thank you for this privilege and opportunity to come and gather in your presence and be taught by your precious Holy Spirit. Lord God, as I stand here tonight, I yield myself a willing vessel. You use every part of me tonight to uh, transform the lives of your people. May your word go forth in truth, Father God, unhindered and unchecked by any spirit, Lord. So I just commit this night to you. I commit this message to you. May it do all that is intended to do, that we may be blessed, Lord God, so that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, and we have prayed over the microphone as well, so hopefully we won't have any issues with that either. So with that being said, we are in week one of a brand new series. Amen. amen. We are starting, and it's so interesting because every time I get the invitation, I have to go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what do you want to download into me this time to be able to share with your people? And it always just starts with a title. That, that's where it starts. I had nothing else more than this title about four weeks ago. Um, but over the weeks, God has, like I said, deposited information in me and revelation in that. So this series is entitled Character, Good Deeds, and the Nature of Christ. Character, Good Deeds, and the nature of Christ. So I said, okay, how am I going to tie all this together, right? And because it's one of those things where, again, with those terminologies, we've heard them before, right? You know, and we've probably heard several messages on them, you know, but again, I believe God has a new, a new 
and unique thing that he wants to bring to light. You know, it's one of the, I read or I heard someone say, you know, that the only thing holding us back from receiving what God has for us is expecting him to do it the same way he did last time, you know. And it's interesting because the message or the point behind that was asking us and telling us and sort of urging us to have an expectation of God doing a new thing, right? How many of you guys need God to do a new thing in your life, you know? And so I think that power of expectation is very important. So I pray that this message, this series, brings new light and a new revelation to you. Amen? Okay, so again, I was thinking about how to uh, merge this together and make it all make sense and everything, and I thought about why is it that we're even here in the first place? Meaning, in this room tonight, on a Wednesday night, why is it that we as Christians go to Bible studies in week? Why is it that we go to church every Sunday? What's the ultimate purpose, right? Because we're already saved, right? We're born again, we believe. Now what? Now what? I truly believe that the overall umbrella that we're going to package all of these messages under is the path and the journey to spiritual maturity, okay? So spiritual maturity is a foundation that I want to lay as the, um, as we put different building blocks on top of it. Because in answer to that question, why do we do it? Why do we come every week? Why do we have church? Why do we have Bible study? It's so that we can grow. Amen? We need to grow. So we're going to start off tonight, and I'm going to see if I can be uh, multitask. Okay, so we're trying out a new device here, and so we will have the PowerPoint up here in the notes, and uh, you guys should be able to, to follow along. So I asked the question, I put this together, and I said, I'm saved now, now what? Right? What's next? Well, there's a whole journey ahead of us, right? There's a work to be done, and we're going to break that down and talk about that tonight. So what I want to share with you guys, first and foremost, Again, under the umbrella and under the foundation of spiritual maturity, that's how we're going to start tonight. These study series that we do, again, like I said, are all designed to help us grow and develop spiritually. And in the Bible, God says, you know what? My children, I need you to grow and advance off of the milk of the word, right, to the meat, of the word. So my goal is to make these classes the meat, okay? This is stuff that is, you're going to have to chew on this a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, okay? This information is um, geared towards strengthening your spiritual maturity. Um, for those who are parents in the room, you know, those babies, they start off, you know, they need the milk, right? They need it. It is a vital necessity for them. But if they only stayed on milk their entire lives, would they reach their full potential in development? No, right? Matter of fact, we try to get them on that solid food real quick, right? Because formula is expensive, <laughs> right? So we want to purpose and in, be intentional about growing and moving from the milk of God's word. The things that we have heard over and over again, it's 
for us to start putting them in action. Amen? All right, so we're going to move through this process from the milk to the meat, all right? And notice I said process, right? Process. Process is very important. And I read a statement that I put in my notes, and I thought it was so profound. I said, okay, I'm going to share it with you guys. Let me know if you want me to switch, because, okay. Um, but it's a process. It's a process of becoming. A process of becoming who we already are. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, rewind that. Wait, take, what, what, what was that? The process, of, how can you become something that you already are? Well, the way that I had interpreted that is that, you know, in the beginning, right, when God created man, he blessed him, right? So we have been blessed from the beginning. The word says from the beginning, God has already given us everything, every good and perfect gift, right, that we need. It now come into manifestation, right, earth. So that's what the, the process is all about. So I tell people all the time, let the process intimidate you, okay? We all go through it. So, and, and don't resent the process, <laughs> okay? Don't resent the process of growing up and becoming spiritually mature, right? And so, again, under this umbrella, who we are, right? I said, becoming who we are. We are disciples of Christ, amen, right? So, discipleship is the process of becoming Christ-like or more like Christ. That's the mission, okay? That's what we're here for. We're not just here to, uh, you know, satisfy our earthly desires. There's a greater mission, and it is becoming more like Christ. So that's what I'm expecting us to be able to do through this process and through this journey of this series, Okay, so, and I don't know about you, but what I, when I finally sort of yielded to this, um, it's fun. It's fun. It can be hard, absolutely, but it's so fun because God is so good, and he's so loving, and he has a sense of humor. So, you know, you just got to roll with it. You just got to don't fight against it. Just roll with it. Amen? All right, you guys still with me out there? You can kind of hear me okay? All right, awesome. So, here's what's interesting. This slide up here says that growth is strategic. Hmm. Growth is strategic. Basically, what I meant by that is before we can grow up, our roots have to grow down. You get that? Okay. You know how, you know, we have a few young folks in this. I was going to say, you know how as kids, we are in a hurry to grow up, right? We want to grow up so fast, but before you can grow up, your roots have to grow down. That's the process. There is strategy and purpose and a reason why God made it that way, okay? So again, don't fight it, don't resist it, just receive it, receive it, all right? And we will look at this whole roots growing down a little bit further in tonight's message. So growth is strategic. Um, growing up spiritually means that the eyes of your heart are opened. 
you know, there's a scripture in this uh, Bible where Jesus says, Lord, open up eyes of their heart. What does that mean? That means, you know, as humans, we have a lot of head knowledge, right? We know a lot of stuff in our head, but for it to become our truth, for it to become real, we have to have it in our hearts, okay? That's what revelation is all about. So I'm praying that the eyes of your heart will be open through this series, therefore leading you on a path towards spiritual maturity, okay? Now, when we open up the eyes of our heart, when we go through this process, what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen, is we are breaking, we're breaking that spirit of complacency that seems to burden our souls. Breaking the spirit of complacency. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I don't always feel on fire for, not so much for the Lord. I'm always on fire for him, but this, again, this process thing, I'm not always on fire for the process, right? You know, there are times where whatever's going on in life, you know, even good things, you know, they, they can be a Even good things can be a distraction. And so sometimes uh, we get overwhelmed and sometimes we get complacent. You being here tonight is going to stir you up so that if there was any spirit of complacency on the inside of you, it will not be able to follow you when you leave here tonight. Amen? All right, okay, because y'all know me. I, I wage a, you know, collective war against the enemy. He's, I, you cannot, he cannot have uh, our minds. He cannot have our hearts, and he cannot stop us from learning what God wants us to learn here tonight. Amen? All right, okay. So those few points right there, just um, I wanted to review with, as an answer to that question, I'm saved, now What? But, you know, it doesn't stop there. So let me add just a little bit more to this. Um, there we go. Let me add a little bit more to this. Spiritual maturity. When I began to grow in the Lord, I realized that there was a difference between knowing him and just knowing about him. Okay? See, the goal is to know him intimately to know him personally so that you do understand and recognize his character and his nature, right? You know, uh, for most people in this room, you guys know who I am. You know of me, right? But nobody in this room knows me like my mama knows me, amen, right? And just like I tell my kids, I tell them I know them better than you even know yourself, right? Okay, so there is a uh, there's levels to this thing of knowing, right? And we want to max out on our ability to know really who God is. That's what growing up spiritually is all about. And one of the ways, ladies and gentlemen, that you get to know him is by keeping yourself desperate for him. Amen? Okay, remember how we said breaking that spirit of complacency? We have to remain desperate for the presence of God. Not just the presence, E-N-T-S, right, of God, but for the presence of God. Um, that, that's really important in growing up spiritually and maturing spiritually. But God wanted to sort of stretch 
as well. And he said it's not just about um, being desperate or desiring presence, but he said this. He tacked this on the end of my sentence. In season and out of season. Amen? Because we're good with going to him and remembering him and everything, you know, uh, especially when we need him, right? But let's say things are on an upswing and life is great, you know, and again, uh, he does not want us to forget about him. So we need to be desperate for the Lord, both in season and out of season, when things are up and when they're down. Amen? Okay? So this is what we're doing here in developing what I call our spiritual muscles, right? This is, um, this morning I made a statement uh, to my networking group, and I said, let's resolve to get in shape, get our soul in shape, is what I was saying. Because, you know, it's the new year. Everybody's got their physical goals, right? Everybody's got some type of physical goal that they want to meet. But not many people make spiritual resolutions or resolve or goals or things like that. And so I'm really big with making knowing him a resolve for this year. All right. There's a scripture in Matthew 5, 6 that says, blessed are those who what? Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be filled. So whenever you're feeling a void or any kind of emptiness, hunger and thirst for the Lord, and you will be filled. Reminds me of Matthew 6.33 that says, seek first, right, the kingdom of God, and then all things will be added unto you. Amen. Absolutely. So I just, I wanted to put that in there because for me, again, as I'm learning and growing up um, and maturing, I look at these words and I look at their intent and I look at their, their meaning, you know, and, and God is very um, vibrant, I guess is a word, you know, in the way he describes things. He's not very, you know, he's he never really likes to do things quite simply. He, he likes to exaggerate, <laughs> but in a good way, right? In a good way. So again, hunger and thirst, I can tell you right now, if I told you guys to close your eyes and think about the last time you were hungry or thirsty, that was a place where, that was intense, right? <laughs> that was an intense thing. So there's an intensity behind that that we need to develop that. Um, spiritual maturity, ladies and gentlemen, is also going to require us to have what I feel the body of Christ is just losing day by day, and it's really sad, and I'm, we're going to change this, but having a reverential fear of the Lord, okay, that's a, a respect, honor for him and for who he is. When we maintain that reverential fear, right, it, it drives us to want to walk right and live right, Okay? And so I really just wanted to stir you up and remind you of he is God, okay? So it is really, really important for us to never lose sight of that and never, never sort of be willing to live in a way that is displeasing to him. That's, that's just so important, you know? Never be willing to know that something is wrong and be willing to do it anyway because it breaks our Father's heart. 
you know, it, it's displeasing to him. So I never want to live in a way that's displeasing to the Lord. Amen? All right. And so what we're going to do on this last point here is I hope it gives you all the same overwhelming revelation that it gave me. So this sentence that says, Savior and Lord, right? I've always said, you know, Christ is my Savior and Lord, and I've just kind of, you know, run those words together and just kind of kept going. But God said, slow down. I need you to think about this because, yes, Jesus is our Savior. We've accepted him as our Savior. But are we living in a way that demonstrates he is also our Lord? Okay. The scripture says, Jesus was asking in the scripture, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not follow my commandments? He says, you can't do that. You can't say that you love me and you don't keep my commandments. You can't call me Lord and you don't submit to my authority. Oh boy, that was deep for me, you know? And so I really just had to take a moment um, and do some self-examination and say, you know what, Lord, you're right. You're absolutely right. I want to make you Lord over my life. Don't let anything take your place of authority first place in my life. Amen. That's going to make such a significant difference in the life that we live and the impact that we have on others, right? And their lives, because they're watching, ladies and gentlemen, they're looking at us that proclaim the name of Jesus and how we're living. And so that is the point of why we're here tonight to be reminded about the importance of character, good deeds, and the nature of Christ. Amen. That's what I'm telling you. Okay, so here's the next question, though. The next question is, why does it take so long to grow up spiritually, <laughs> right? Spiritual maturity. Remember, I said it's a process. It's a journey, right? But here's the thing. That's because there's no end destination while we're in the earth. Once we make it to heaven, all right, you are completely matured. You have reached the pinnacle of your growth. But while you and I, ladies and gentlemen, are here on earth, this will be an ongoing 24-7, 365 process. Okay? So there is no end point to developing spiritual maturity until we reach the other side of heaven. But the other reason why it takes so long for us to reach spiritual maturity or to walk in spiritual maturity is because we first have to unlearn so many things that go against what the word says and what we should be doing. Before we can learn something new, we usually have to go through a lifetime of experiences to unlearn. We have to overcome cultural traditions and different things of pop culture and different things that are uh, clouding, right, the space in our minds, in our hearts. And, and there's a fight going on there to make room for what we need to learn to grow up and be mature. So there's a lot we have to unlearn first to reach spiritual maturity. Um, and like I said, the process is built 
on the accumulation of our life experiences. That's why, you know, if you say to someone who, let's say, is, I don't know, in their 30s or, you know, 40s or whatnot, and you call them immature, you're really referencing the fact that they're too old to be acting that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because chronologically, once you reach a certain age, you expect certain behavior. Yes, exactly. And so it's the same thing with us spiritually as Christians. You know, someone who just got saved last week is not going to have the same spiritual maturity because they didn't have the same time frame of life experiences to develop that. Okay, so that's why we have to be gracious with others on their journey. But for us tonight, this is a, self this is a call to self-examination. So this is for you and I to ask ourselves, okay, listen, I've been saved since I was eight years old, and I'm, you know, not going to do the math, but I'll let you know that's over 30, <laughs> over 30 years. Okay, and so just by sheer numbers and life experience, I should be at a certain level of spiritual maturity. Okay, and so it's an accumulation of life experiences that we reach that, or that we continue to grow closer to um, spiritual maturity. Okay, and then just for... Um, Reference. There's a few scriptures in here. Uh, we know that the scripture tells us in Philippians 1.21 that we have to die to self, right? Uh, we have to crucify our flesh, amen, because the flesh is just so stubborn and unruly, right? You may have the greatest of intentions to want to do God's will and grow up spiritually in your says, nah, 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 right? You know, it's just, it's going to fight you on it, right? So we got to know what the word says. And remember, God never says us or asks us to do anything that we don't have the power or ability to do, okay? So we can crucify our flesh and die to self. And the scripture says in Matthew 26, 41, because just like I said, your spirit may be willing, amen? But the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is So the work that we do by coming to Bible studies and going to church and fellowshipping and sharing our testimonies is we're building up our spirit, man, right, and giving it first place over our flesh. Amen? All right. So um, the other scripture I reference that I have is Galatians 5.16 that simply says that if you live by the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, okay? When I read that, it reminded me of the other scripture, you know, that says um, in him we live and move and have our being, right? So it is, there's, there's that word again that, I, like I said, you have to sort of break it down to get the full gamut of what the meaning is. Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, I'm going to keep us moving here tonight, guys, and again, uh, I do believe it's being recorded, so if you missed some of the information that you're taking notes on, don't worry, just go back and play it at your convenience, because now, you meant, remember I said earlier, we're going to go back to um, the roots, right? Remember I said before you can grow up, your roots have to grow down, right? So we're going to take just a moment to look at what I know you guys are all familiar with, but again, I hope tonight there's a new revelation that gives birth to you. And it is about the parable of the sower. Okay, the parable or the story, right, of the sower. The depth of our roots 
depends on the nature of our ground. So we might say, oh yeah, I want my roots to go deep. Okay, well, let's do an examination of your ground and I can tell you exactly how deep your roots are gonna go, okay? So, uh, just write this down. I am gonna have it on the screen for us to follow along, but in Matthew, we're gonna look at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 verses one through nine. Okay, verses one through nine. All right, so the wording is a little bit small on here, and even though I have my handy-dandy little laser pointer, woohoo! look at that, okay? Uh, hopefully you guys will be able to follow along, and I'll try to stay out of the way here. But let's take a look at this together for this scripture. We're talking about how deep are your roots, amen? So that same day, this is uh, verse 1, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, so this is the part we want to pay attention to, and I'm going to read through it first, and then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to break it down. Is that okay with you guys here? All right, so it says, let me see if I can do this so I don't lose it here. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So, what I want to point out from this, and to sort of put a big red bow on this topic of spiritual maturity and now our roots, this scripture tells us about four different types of ground. And when we're talking about ground, we're talking about the condition of your heart, okay? The condition of your heart. And so, when it says, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and some scattered, some of the seed scattered that fell, upon, fell along the path. And in different translations, it will say the stony ground. Okay, so think of a sidewalk. Think about what would happen if you just took your seed as a farmer and laid it out on the sidewalk. Is it going to grow there? No. According to this scripture, as soon as he did that, the birds came and ate it right up. So the first type of ground or heart is a stony heart. I have to believe that that's just someone who doesn't know the Lord. Okay, that's just my perspective or my take on it. A hard heart. You guys have used that term before, someone who has a hardened heart. Okay, so stony ground is the first type. The other type of ground was a shallow ground. Okay, this says that some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. 
Okay, there was soil there, right? But what happened was it sprang up quickly, and because there, let me read this right, it sprang up quickly, and because the soil was shallow, the plants were scorched, and they withered up because they had no root. When I read this again and again, and I kept saying, okay, Lord, what does this really mean about the shallow ground? You guys know how, uh, what happens if you get something before you're ready to handle it kind of thing, right? You kind of misappropriate it, right? You mishandle it, that kind of thing. And so I kind of got the vision of with this, it's kind of like, you know, we'll get something, we'll get a blessing, let's just say, and because our roots aren't deep, we end up, or that blessing ends up scorching, right? And we don't have it anymore because we weren't prepared to be able to hold on to it or to steward over it properly, let's just say. Okay, so there is um, that aspect of it too. And you might think, well, that's not bad. At least there was a, some harvest, right? But we don't want just not bad, amen? We want God's best. So let's keep going just a little bit. You know, the next type of ground talked about a thorny ground a thorny ground. And what happened with this thorny ground? <laughs> it choked the plants, right? So there was a harvest, and guess what? The harvest got choked out, right? When I read this again, back again, asking for revelation, God told me this type of person with a thorny heart is surrounded by people that are blocking their blessings, I was like, whoa, that's, that's deep. So I was like, okay, let me back up and let me make sure that I am not in an environment where the anointing can be choked out of me by the weeds or, you know, people <laughs> around me or environments or circumstances or whatever the case may be, right? But, and I love this, there's always a but God, right? You guys know I talk about that, right? But there is good ground, right? And good ground means that soil, right, is, is rich, right? That soil is in the right place at the right time, and it produces a crop, and it produces a crop of 160 or 30 times what was sown. Remember how we said how God does things? You would think, okay, if I plant one seed, I'll get one plant or one ear of corn or whatever it is. It's like, no, you're going to get an abundance. We serve an abundant God. And I said, well, what qualifies the 100, the 60, or the 30? Now, I'm not, you know, um, too skilled in explaining this, but for my revelation, I believe that part of that is determined by our obedience, okay? The other, you know, God, God can do whatever he wants, and he might just decide to bless you out of the goodness of his heart, but however... When we're walking in line and we're walking in obedience, you know, God's favor, that's his promise right there. So I believe that obedience will yield the hundredfold return. So the end of this scripture, I love it, just says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So I pray you heard something, right, that stirred you up to be able to uh, examine yourself and be the type of person who has good ground. The Bible says sowing good seed into good ground. Amen? Okay, so um, that is the parable of the sower. And that entire, believe it or not, that was an introduction, ladies and gentlemen, what we just went through. Uh, the, the, the path towards spiritual maturity is paved with uh, all of those things that we talked about. 
but it's also paved with what we said the title of the series is, which is Character, Good Deeds, and the Nature of Christ. So for the rest of the lesson tonight, we are going to look at in more detail what that word character means, okay? We're going to look at what character means for the believer, okay? So what is the definition? You know, I always start with breaking down what's the definition, and you can get, you know, a definition off of Google or off the internet, and the basic one that came up when I looked at it was the mental and moral qualities that are distinctive to an individual, okay? The moral and ethical qualities that are distinctive to you and I, okay? That's a general definition. But what's interesting about character, ladies and gentlemen, is that you guys know that old saying that says actions speak louder than words, right? So character, true character, is rooted in behavioral traits, okay? It's rooted in behavioral traits. The behaviors, not the ones that we just do when we're on display in front of everybody, right? But even those behaviors we do when nobody is looking, okay? Your true character, there's a thing that they say, you know, uh, what, what you do in the dark kind of thing, you know, and it's just simply, for me, what I extracted from that was more so these next two terms, consistency and continuity of traits, okay? So your character, ladies and gentlemen, are those behaviors that you consistently and continuously portray, okay? And the reason why I want to emphasize that is because we've all had a bad day. We've all had a day where we've acted out of character, amen, right? And we don't want to be uh, judged or labeled as a bad, or as a person with a bad heart when we've just been having a bad day, okay? Um, or even just a bad season, for goodness sakes, you know? I've had a lot of people experience loss in 2018, and their behaviors were out of sync, if you will, with what you would normally uh, associate their character with, but that's because they were mourning, and they were in grief, right? Okay, so it's important to not prejudge, right, but to let consistency and continuity be the measurement on establishing what a person's true character is. And then there was this statement that I read a long time ago, and I don't know where I got it from, but it was just like gold for me at the moment. And I said, okay, I'm gonna teach this whenever I can. And it was this statement that says that we have to be careful, and you can't really see it on the board here, but it says we have to be careful not to confuse a person's charm and their charisma with their character, okay? So basically, you know, their personality may not necessarily be a reflection of their character. There's a lot of people that are very charming, right, and very charismatic, but whew, they can be very um, not nice. <laughs> I'll say that because we're going to look at some of the words to describe this here. But you, you guys know what I mean, right? That, that's the thing. So you want to make sure that what, you're, what you say you are and what you do are matching up. Amen? Okay, so, and again, those are things that we might 
already know, but we may not have really taken the time to think about it. And we also have to remember, again, how important it is to God, because he's always watching. Remember how we said what, we, what you do when no one's looking? Who's the one that's always looking? He is. He's always looking. So don't confuse a person's charming uh, charisma with their character. So let's look a little bit more in depth with character. One of the things that I learned, whoops, go back, don't go too far. Okay, well, let's see. There we go. This was a good statement too. Having good character or strong character, let me say it that way, having a strong Christ-like character makes you and I a relational asset and not a liability. I was like, I don't even remember, ladies and gentlemen, where I got that statement from. I wish I could tell you it was me that made it, but it wasn't, okay? But think about that, right? We're in fellowship. We're in relationship. Don't you want to be an asset to the people in your life, in the relationships that you are, and not a liability, and have people in your life who are an asset to you and not a liability, right? Well, character. Character is what's going to be able to solidify that and determine that. So we want to be relational assets and not liabilities to our friends, our families, our coworkers, etc. Character is about, I love this, mutuality and reciprocation. Can I get an amen on that one, right? We want people in our lives that are, you know, they say do uh, unto others as you want others to do unto that, that kind of reminds me of this, you know, mutuality, right, and reciprocation. That's, that's nice to have in a, in a relationship. Those are the benefits of having a strong character. And then, of course, I just had to put in some words that um, will trigger what strong character really means to you I. And it is, of course, ladies and gentlemen, not an exhaustive list, okay, because there are going to be some things that you'll probably think of that I don't have on this list here, but let's just go through these really quickly. When I think about strong character, I think about, and I think about relational assets, I think about somebody who is reliable, amen, dependable, honest, right, and that that's the other thing I meant to say. These are in no particular order. <laughs> you know, some of us will rank these in our own different order. This is just random for me right here. Um, but reliability, dependability, honesty, and integrity, right? Authenticity. I don't know about you guys, but one thing that kind of just makes the hair stand up on my neck is pretense, right? I don't do fake very well, <laughs> right? So I really, really kind of put authenticity high on my list when it comes to character traits, right? And I too, remember how I said re reciprocation? That's the one thing I hope people say about me is that, you know what, that Jacquees, she's authentic, right? And of course, honest, like we said, and, and loyal. Ladies and gentlemen, loyalty is so hard to find nowadays, amen? Loyalty, commitment, trustworthiness, confidence, right? Not arrogance, but confidence. That's very important. Um, moral and ethical, I love this one, supportive, amen? We need people that are supportive in our lives, who are genuinely happy to see us winning in life. And we too should be reciprocating that 
to the people in our lives. Other character traits, uh, being driven, right? I don't know about you guys, but I don't need a bunch of lazy people in my circle. Uh, I, I need some driven people in my circle because I got a mission and a plan and I can't get it done if, I'm, if I've got what they call weight, right? <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest, right? Because this is what we have to do. We have to look at our, look at our lives and, and examine that. So driven, of course, a positive, optimistic attitude, you know, and a humble heart, you know. Would you say that those are some good, strong, character traits, right? And again, I can stand up here and say these things, but when you look at my life and when I look at your life, this is what people should see, ladies and gentlemen. That's what people should see. Um, and then, of course, as I was uh, reviewing my notes, I got a couple other words here, and again, you might be taking some down, and you know, feel free to shout them out if you want. Um, but some of the other ones I came up with were courteous. Hmm, imagine that. A character trait, courtesy, would be nice. Amen? Right? Gracious, merciful, and dedicated. Can I get a hallelujah? All right. Okay, so again, there are going to be many, many probably other positive, encouraging, strong character traits um, that we can add to this list. But for the sake of time, we are going to put a period at the generalities, if you will, of character traits. And I say the word generalities because what I want to move to next is what I think are the character traits that matter the most. And the reason why I say that is because they come from Scripture, the fruit of the Spirit. You guys know I had to go there, right? Because when I think of Christ-like character, when I think of strong character, I think of the nine gifts of the fruit of the Spirit, which, by the way, like I said, we already have right? This is the process of becoming who we already are. So it is our job and it is our mission to make sure that our life is reflective of these character traits. And I'll go through them again, but we know them. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Some other translations say self-discipline. And I thought, wow, let me go back and look at that and say it this way. Wouldn't it be nice to have people in our lives and be a person to others that is lovely, joyous, peaceful, patient, good-hearted, kind-hearted, gentle, faithful, and self-controlled. Like, those are powerful, ladies and gentlemen. That's power. This is what resides on, remember I said, the uh, eyes of your heart. When you look inside your heart, this is what you should see because this is what you have been given. And one of the things that I always have to sort of have a, uh, what do you call that, a um, uh, disclaimer about is that sometimes the way in which these characteristics are strengthened and developed is under pressure, right? under pressure. That's what, you know, the trials and the tribulations, right, produces character. Matter of fact, I did not put that scripture in my notes. I have, that's one of your homework assignments. You got to look up that scripture that says that, you know, perseverance um, and patience, you know, produce strong character. Amen. You guys still with me out there? Okay. So what I'm going to do, you just make, that was uh, Galatians 5, and 23, the fruit of the spirit. Now, 
I'm going to show you guys how to put this into, you guys remember in the very first slide I talked about uh, growth being strategic, right, and, and being a process. So I'm going to give you some strategy points, and I'll leave this up here, and you can either, like some folks, take a picture or write them down, but I will speak them out so that it's recorded and you can take notes at your leisure. But what I want to wrap this all up with and put, again, another big red fat bow on is an outline, right? I love outlines. I love, you know, formulas, right? Show me exactly how to do this thing, right? So let's look at seven steps of how we get to that place of strong Christian character, right? How do we end up there? Where does it all start, okay? So what this is telling us is that it all starts where? In the mind, right? What we think about is so important. That's where it starts. We have to have right thinking. It starts with right thinking. If you start with wrong believing, you're not going to end up in that place of strong character, okay? You have to start with right thinking because right thinking, ladies and gentlemen, leads to right speaking, okay? Right speaking. So the next step is it goes from your mind and then to your words, okay? If you're examining your character and you need to know how to improve or how to continue to strengthen something that's already good, make sure you have right and right speaking. And of course, when I say right, I'm talking about stuff that lines up with what God's word says. Amen? Okay, so right thinking, right speaking leads to right feeling, okay? So our emotions, believe it or not, play a role in how our character is developed. Someone who is, I guess I want to say, emotionally unstable or unpredictable or... Uh, you guys remember I used those words, uh, what was con continuity, right? You know, if they're all over the place, it's going to be really hard for them to have deep roots, number one, and strong character, okay? So our feelings really play a role in this. And what I always kind of sort of insert into that part is if you want to just um, eliminate feelings altogether, what do we do? Just walk by faith right? Because our feelings are unpredictable. They're not always going to match up, right? So when they start acting crazy, just say, kick them out and faith, come on in, you know, kind of thing. So that's how you can avoid any issues with that, uh, with that step right there. So right thinking, right speaking, uh, emotions, right feelings. When you are feeling right, right, and your emotions are in check, you're probably going to make better decisions. Amen? Okay, so right, uh, excuse me, decisions are the result of right feelings, right speaking, right thinking. So basically, it just says use wisdom. Use wisdom. You want to develop strong character, you got to be wise. I don't know anyone who has all of those traits that we talked about who doesn't have uh, a wise disposition, okay? So wisdom is very important, right? And a wise person, ladies and gentlemen, more often than not, is going to behave right. Amen? So behavior. So actions is this next step on number five. Appropriate behavior. We're talking about how to reach and develop strong character. 
Well, we said there's behavioral traits and character, so we knew that one was going to have to be on the list, right? Okay, so behaviors and, and actions. Now, again, here's that word again, consistency. Actions that are repeated over and over again and that are consistent and have continuity are how we develop our habits, okay? A habit is something that we do most all the time, right? Over and over again, for the most part kind of thing. And of course, we know good habits and there's bad habits. But if you've got some good habits, ladies and gentlemen, I can almost guarantee you, you've got strong character, okay? Which is a reflection of what's in your heart. So all we want to do is anytime we're in a position of evaluation or self-examination or when we're dealing with a situation where we need to look at the character of ourselves or those we are in relationship with. Let's say someone has um, a, mm, let's see, let's say someone has a hard time making right decisions. Let's say I have a hard time making right decisions. What do I need to do? According to this list, I need to go back and check myself on what kind of mood am I in when I'm making these decisions? How am I feeling when I'm making those wrong or bad decisions, right? And I can probably say, well, you know, I was, I was upset, right? I had an attitude or this, you know, I was distracted, whatever it was, right? And I said, well, why was I feeling that way? Well, because I spent the whole week griping and complaining, right? The words weren't right. And the words weren't right because somebody planted in my head <laughs> the wrong thoughts and I accepted them. Uh, no more. We can't do that, okay? So basically, when I do this outline, it goes to show you and I that we can, we can control this, right? There's no excuse, right? We already know given to us and deposited on inside of us, and now we have an action plan or a, str a strategic plan and a formula for how to make sure that we have strong character. Is that good? That's good. That's good to me. <laughs> so, um, again, just for, so I can make sure it's on the recording there. Step one, right thinking. Step two, right speaking. Step three, right feelings. Step four, using wisdom. Step five, appropriate behavior. Step six, consistency of appropriate behavior, which is habits, will lead to a strong character. Amen? Amen. Well, look at that. Look at all of that information we extracted out of one word, right? But that's because we first laid that foundation, right, about spiritual maturity, so we knew where this path was going to lead. But I got good news for you guys. It doesn't end there. All right, so what we're going to do, come on, clicker. My battery might be dead. Let's see. Can we see if we can manually just click? I think I only have one more slide. Let's see. Yep, that's it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> that, that did pretty well over there. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't end here. It will end here for tonight, but you all know I got more coming for you. So um, what you're going to do or what I am inviting you to do is take accountability for examining yourself. Okay, take accountability for examining yourself and your own level of spiritual maturity and character traits. Okay, 
Now, I said examine yourself. Don't examine your neighbor or your spouse or examine yourself, okay? Um, monitor your interactions with others. <laughs> monitor your interactions with others. Let's just say over these next seven days before we meet here again, be conscious about how you are interacting with others and make a resolve. And I use that word because we're still in the first 30 days of this year where people are going to be talking about resolutions, okay? So make a resolve uh, to make measurable improvements. That's all. It's not about beating us up or anything. It's about building us up, right? We want to build ourselves up and get better and improve. So this information that you received here tonight should be able to help you do that effectively, okay? And once you're all full of, you know, the knowledge of character, you come back and we're going to talk about next week, good deeds. Okay, two words, again, that we use all the time, we've heard all the time, but y'all know I'm going to extract as much out of that topic as I can, and I believe it's going to be a blessing to you because God is still depositing on the inside of me revelation about good deeds, why they're important, clarifying really what they are and how they impact the life of a Christian. So, sound good? Sound good? You got your, did I pique your interest, right? Okay, so share with others. Let them know. Invite them to come back because we're going to do this again next week. But for tonight, I pray that you all leave here um, full, right, of the meat, right? Let that digest. Chew on that a little bit and then come back next week. And with that being said, I believe my time is up. But before I go, if you will bid me the honor and privilege, I would like to pray us out, and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Chuck. Amen? All right, let's go before the Lord in closing. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we come to you together on one accord this evening. What a blessing and an honor and a privilege it is, Lord God, to be called your child. Thank you for giving us your word and your precious Holy Spirit to teach us and to help us. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our helper, for being our revealer, okay, and bringing revelation to us so that we don't have to try to figure this thing out on our own, Lord God. We thank you for your, your grace and your mercy that has kept us, Lord God. And so as we leave here tonight, we just want to uh, ask for your continued protection over us, that we travel safely, Lord God. We thank you again for continued provision, that we are blessed to be a blessing to others. May you and you alone receive all the glory for what is said and done in this room tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, you guys. I really, really, really appreciate it, and God bless you for the rest of tonight. That's it.